It shouldn't come as any surprise that game designers very often create games that fit their idea for what makes a fun game experience. What's amazing is just how many variables there are in that equation. Is the game short or long? Do players start out on an even playing field, or is it asymmetrical? Is it casual or strategic? Is the focus building yourself up or tearing your opponents down? Is it cooperative or competitive? How many players do you need to play it? The true diversity of gaming experiences lies in the fact that none of those variables is really exclusive of the others. You can have a casual, fun game that takes hours to play, or you can have a deep, strategic game that you can complete several times in an evening. We hope this podcast helps you find some of the games that you're looking for with answers straight from the creators themselves. Enjoy this episode of Should I Play It? All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Should I Play It? And I am delighted to have uh, Seth Van Orden of Navu Games uh, as my guest. And Navu is the creator of many games, actually, as I was uh, as I was scrolling through this. But most recently, the uh, very colorful, very beautiful, uh, techn- technological, I would say, in some ways, game raising robots. Seth, thanks for joining me today. Uh, thank you for having me. Great. Absolutely. Uh, so before we get into the game itself, and you can kind of talk a little bit about it, um, you know, kind of take us through the the story of Navu Games. Uh, you and your partner, uh, I saw, created it in or kind of met in high school, right? Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. So we were uh, friends way back in the day. We we did things like D and D and video games and board games together growing up. But uh, yeah, we reconnected uh, later in college. Uh, we had always we had played a lot of video games, in particular uh, some tower defenses. We we used to play a lot of Warcraft back in the day. And anyway, so we played some 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 video games that we wanted to make into board games. So it wouldn't be fun if there was a board game that could do this. Uh, in particular, there was a, a tower defense type of board game that we wanted to do. And, and we tried it out. Uh, we, we've never lived in the same town since we started this, but we ch- caught back up uh, when we were in college. And um, well, I, I made up a mock-up. And it turns out, in my opinion, tower defenses are awful games for board games and that you have to do tons of calculations there's so many things that 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 uh work on a computer that are hard to really simulate and people have tried it and in my mind i've tried a lot of them and none of them have really got me in it but anyways that's how how we reconnected um and so i started in game design on several other things and um none of them worked but eventually uh i came on the idea that we had for stockpile uh and I reached back out and said, "Hey, I actually have this game design that's actually it's actually working. It's actually fun." And me and Brett, Brett Sobel is the other half of Nova Games. Uh, said he's he's the business side. So in particular, I'm more of the designer, but we do both uh, each. But he's the business mind. He's he's good at the logistics, the taxes, doing all the business side of things, publishing side, and I, I take care of more of them, the design side. And I said, "Hey, I've got this game. It's working really well." And uh, we both invested some money with Kickstarter route. Uh, we, we investigated doing other routes, but we decided to self-publish. And uh, the rest is history from there. But uh, yeah. I'd be amazed. I actually wouldn't be amazed if um, most games or a lot of most recent games come started with, wouldn't this be cool as a... Uh, yeah, yeah. start like wouldn't this game I'm playing be cool as a board game or as a card game or something? So yeah. I think it's a common common theme. Great. So... Raising Robots is the most recent project that you guys yeah. put out, correct? Yeah, we have a copy. Uh, my my uh, my business partner Mike actually um, during your Kickstarter backed it. Said, "Look, we're we're using the same graphic designer." Full disclosure, yeah. um, and 
really, really just liked it as a uh, as a concept and everything. So he's like, oh, I'm grabbing it. So it's on our shelf. Our, our I call it our company shelf at his house. So t- uh, talk a little bit about uh, how the game plays, um, you know, however, whatever you want to share about it. Yeah. So uh, Racing Robots, despite it uh, having the most juvenile art of all of our art games or all of our games, uh, it's probably the most complex of, of all of our games. It's an engine builder game. Uh, the easiest way to describe it, if you're familiar with these other games, would be a crossover between League and Span and Race for the Galaxy. Uh, in that it has engine building, like a lot of games, more than just Wingspan, but it has the three rows that you might be familiar with if you've played Wingspan. But you're building a lot of, in this case, robots that activate when you activate certain phases, but it has a phase selection mechanism that's similar to Race of the Galaxy, Ares Expedition, or any of those simultaneous phase selection that the, the, the phases you select affects the other players. And so it has simultaneous play, but also has that interaction. So it cuts down on the the game length, but at the same time uh, allows you to all be working at the same time and have interaction. So that's um, that's sort of the brief overview. In general, the the reason we we started it, uh, and I can tell you a little bit about the, sort of the history and why you might like it. But we we started it. This one was when we actually first played uh, a game called Cora and a game called Lorenzo at one of our Gen Con meetups. We were just playing a lot of the new hot games, and uh, we so. Cora had just recently come out and uh, had some phase selection in it, so sort of picking two phases like we do in Raising Robots. Um, but these phases were not all, or actions were not all, all even. You roll some dice, and that tells you what phases you can pick. And the higher you roll, the better it is. You have some things to mitigate it, like the resources that you can spend, but better rolls were better rolls. And no matter how you spun it, you were either lucky or you weren't lucky. And that was one thing that frustrated us as game players. And that's where, where a lot of our designs come from is, is what if this game was better and we did, you know, what if we can, we can do what they had, but we can do it better. And so that's sort of where it started is instead of, we like the fact that there's a random input um, that you have to deal with each turn. In this case, it was dice. The problem with it is it felt unfair because someone could have better roles. So we wanted, so we have, in our case, we have a deck that gives you random inputs, uh, but everyone goes to that deck twice, and there are there's still some luck. There's definitely luck, and I, I don't think all luck is bad luck. But we but uh, you still have to deal with uh, you know oh I wish I had two high numbers this turn or, or one high one low or whatever it might be. But you're eventually gonna, all going to go through your deck, and high numbers are definitely better. But throughout the half of the game, you're going to go through that same number of, of cards, and so you have to deal with it at some point. So. Um, that was one big factor in it. Uh, Lorenzo was the other one. Uh, Lorenzo has an engine building where you sort of l- run one of several engines and you run it at a certain sort of power level. And you get to do everything in that pow- in that row that is that level or lower. And we like that. We, we appreciate it. And that's one core mechanism in Raising Robots. The problem with it is you in that game, you run it so few times that you almost, it doesn't really ever make sense to run like an efficient, low-powered row. Like if you're investing in it and going, you might as well buy all the high-power things and run it at one big high-power. Like, And so for us, it was that combination of, I want to be able to both have a high-power row and like have a low-power one that you just keep contributing to and allow me to run it at a high frequency. Um, and so that's where we started was 
and we and we love simultaneous play in general. That's our taste is uh, we we love player interaction, but at the same time, if you could get through the game at half the time, uh, that's really important to us. Both of us uh, have full time jobs. We 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 love gaming, but at the same time, our, our time is very precious. And so we only get one game or uh, one expansion a year out for on the publishing side. That also speaks to how much gaming we actually get to do ourselves. We have families uh, that are growing. And uh, and so if I can play a chunky game and play it in a low time frame, that's very desirable to me. So we love games like Wingspan and other ones like Terraforming Mars. Anyone that have the chunky engine building we hadn't done before. But we wanted to be able to do it in a quick play time that had a high player count if we could. Uh, I play with a lot of uh, other couples. So I play often a six player count. So for me, that was very important is can I play a chunky game in the low player count and uh, at a, or sorry, at a high player count at a low play time. And so, yeah, Raising Robots can play in about an hour, hour and a half uh, and at six players and still be chunky. Like this is usually often seen, it's described as if you like Wingspan, but you want something a little more, more meaty to it. Um, because I would say on the complexity scale, we're sort of a fraction higher than that, um, than Wingspan is. But we, uh, we love games like Race for the Galaxy and other Tableau building games. Um, so yeah. And I'm, I'm imagining, and I've, I've played not as many concurrent games, but I imagine the ones that I have played, the, it, it becomes frantic, right? It becomes the, the interactions are, are, everybody's overlaying each other. Everybody, you know, everybody's looking to see what everybody else is doing. And it's a little bit, it's, it's frantic, but in a good way. Yeah. I mean, ours doesn't have a time pressure, but there is, uh, so we don't have as much, maybe the stress of that. I think, uh, more people might feel, it's sort of like a seven wonders. If you're, if you've ever played that or any sort of drafting game where the first times you play, you might feel like it is a solitaire game completely. Because you're not looking at your neighbors, you're just head down. I just got to focus on what I'm doing. As you get into it, the nuance of well, what my neighbors are doing actually matters, and learning how to sort of integrate that to get a higher score and things like that. Similarly, with with raising robots, the first time you play it, you're going to be head down, and you're like, oh, that was fun, but I didn't feel like I was playing with anyone. The second or third time, you're like, oh, what they have, they're building up this row. That actually matters a lot for me to know that I, I need to put my low-powered robots in that row to really take advantage of the power you're giving me as you choose to run that row over and over and over again. So, Absolutely. Well, I think we've touched on it, but the the most important question to this podcast, the title of the podcast, why should I play it? So if somebody's sitting there and they're considering what game to purchase next, what game to invest in their time or their money in, why should they choose Raising Robots? What makes it uh, unique in your opinion? Yeah, uh, I think... Um, I mean, I'm going to even start with what why you shouldn't get this. If you're only into light games and wingspan is too heavy for you, this isn't a game for you. So uh, keep that in mind. But if you like chunkier games and you like fast, and sometimes you have higher player counts, but I don't think you need higher player counts. This is a great one and two player game. But I think that shines in uniqueness. And I often see games of, I don't want to play another party game. I, I want. I have six people over here. How do I play a game that's not Seven Wonders? I've played that to death, or something to that effect. There's not too many high player count games that you can get done in a reasonable time frame. There's there's a few of them like uh, Twilight Imperium that you're spending six hours on. Uh, you know, 
that's the scale with the number of players is just get bigger and bigger. This one you can knock out two or three games in a, in a game night. Um, so yeah, I would say if you like heavier games, you like engine builders, you you want something that plays fast. Um, we also very rarely put any take that in our games. So if you don't like take that, this is a good game for you. Uh, and that uh, you you win by building up better than the other players rather than win by destroying the other players. So um, that is definitely something that sort of changed with my taste after I got married. My me and my wife learned we are happily more happily married if we win by building up separately rather than just <laughs> win by destroying the other. But I, I can attest to that too. I've I encountered a similar thing with my gaming with with my marriage as well with my wife. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot happier at home and when you're you're just playing your own and not and not a take that um, mechanic. Um, so. Before I get into the last question, I do I have one, one other for you. I mean, you guys, you said you, you do about one expansion area selling. Do you have any, you don't have to spill the secrets, but do you have any plans for the next game uh, on in the works? Or Yeah, so our, our, I mean, I'm happy to share our current plans. Uh, they might change, but our current plans right now is we are working on an expansion for Raising Robots. And then we're also uh, looking to do something with Stockpile. It was our first game that came out 10, 10 years ago. It's been out of print for a while. People really want it. We've contemplated just reprinting it as is, but we've also learned a lot in the last 10 years. And there's some things that we've always wanted to do with it that you can't really fix with expansions that you would have to really fundamentally change some things about it. And so we are hoping to, and might change to do a new version of stockpile, but uh, we'll see on that one. That would be next after that. So probably be one of those two. I mean, we have tons of other things we'd love to do, but just not enough bandwidth. All right. So last question before we close it up, if somebody's interested in buying Raising Robots, uh, I, I know that your website and you can talk about that, but uh, is there anywhere else that they can find it and purchase it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of ones in the US, a lot of like online retailers can get it and, and most of your in-house, you know, smaller game stores can get it through distribution, you know, you can reach out to places like Alliance and um, there's we have several distribution areas. So that not every game store will likely carry it because not every game store likely carries every game that's currently available from distribution, but most can get access to it if you wanted it. Um, and then, yeah, our, our NabuGames.com, yeah, if you went to like Miniature Market or Game Nerds, you know, some of those, those common online retailers, Amazon is going to have it. So excellent. Easy to find. Yep. Easy to find. Well, Seth, I, we've been talking for for the record. We've been talking for several months uh, from the beginning of this podcast about getting you on here. I'm I'm so glad that we finally had the chance to talk and connect. And um, you know, I'm looking forward to. We we haven't played Raising Robots yet. We looked through it as a, a a concept, a design concept, but it's on the it's on the roster for one of our upcoming game nights ourselves. So looking Perfect. forward to trying it out. Can't wait. And um, you know, I just really appreciate you coming on and, uh, and joining me today. Thank you so Thanks, much, Corey. Appreciate it. Best of luck. All right, uh, everybody, th that was Seth Van Orden, Navu Games. Check them out. Uh, the website is navugames.com, and that's spelled N-A-U-V-O-O, games.com. And uh, thanks for joining us, and we will talk to you on the next episode of Should I Play It? Take care.